Welcome into a very special episode of the Pin Seeker Pod. Jacob, we had a plan for this episode. It was going to be short and sweet. Canadian Open coming up. Easy 45 minutes in and out. Pin seeking, miss cut, make cut. You still want to do that or or what's the plan today? I hear there was some big golf news. I think we might have something else to talk about at this point. I yeah, I don't so think that it's it's mincing words saying that this is the biggest golf news that we've had maybe ever, definitely in our lifetimes. Pretty crazy certainly. day. I mean, I the world the if in case you have been living under a rock, the PGA Tour and the Live Tour and the DP World Tour and probably all the other tours in the world have right. quote unquote merged. That was the first understanding that I had. Now, we'll get into some technical terms here. It is, for all intents and purposes, a merger and one entity will be controlling all of the bodies. But the PGA Tour and Live have reached an agreement after a long standing feud. And boy, I was just shocked to hear this today of all days, just given where they were at and with the, with the landscape, kind of knew there was going to be something after the Kepka win. We've been alluding to sort of this bigger feel at play. Some players have been talking about it, but I had no idea it was this. This caught me off guard. Yeah, there, there wasn't much pointing to this happening. Everyone isn't surprised that some sort of coexistence came to light. I don't know if I saw merger and and merger almost isn't even the right word. Essentially, just the PGA Tour has a new owner at this point. That's essentially what's going to happen. We've got a lot of opinions about it. Everyone's got a lot of opinions. Everyone wants to be right, including the players. So I, I'm not sure that that's necessarily the way that I wanted to spend my day. But this is the golf news for the foreseeable future. And we're not really going to see how this has shaken out for the upcoming weeks, months, and even years. It's going to be a long time before we see how this actually affects the landscape of the pro sport. So look, I have spent a ton of today on Twitter, watching Golf Channel, all over the internet, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And the takes are flying. They are flying left and right. Mm -hmm. The rumors, everyone's got a source about something. The conspiracy theories being thrown out there and the opinions, I mean, they're endless. We know we've talked about golf Twitter being the worst place in the world. Today, it was certainly entertaining. Now, I would like to get into our opinions of the situation, and we will, but I think it's first really important right now to talk about what actually is going on, what has been said by the people that matter what we understand the situation to be right now before making all these other judgments, just because I think it's very easy to take the first step and, you know, call Monahan a liar or call the live guys what you want before understanding the entirety of the situation. And believe me, we'll do a ton of that, but I think it's just really important for me, honestly, because I've heard all of this through the same people. So Jacob took the liberty to do a ton of research on what exactly was said. Don't hold him to all of it, but he did a great job. And I really just want to kind of sit here and understand what the hell is going on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it's interesting to me. I, I didn't know that I was going to try to become a lawyer today and study some law, but here we are. 
there's a lot going on. There's a lot of facts that we do know, unfortunately, but there is a lot of stuff that we won't know for a long time. Something that we can start of is actually what we do know about this stuff. And there is more than a lot of people were giving on, right? For starters, we can go into a little bit of a background of people have asked a lot today. How have we gotten to this point, right? It seemed like golf was in a good spot. Viewership was up. Liv was doing a lot better this year. But both tours were struggling for their own reasons. For the PGA Tour, a ton of their personalities were no longer playing on their tour, and they were struggling to find replacements for that. Even the bigger names, we've talked about this a lot, Rahm and Scheffler, they just don't have the same bravado and personality that Bryson has, Phil has, Brooks Kepka has, and that was missing from the PGA Tour. The next group of stars are not those guys, and the depth of field was lacking. That's super the- interesting. So do you think, I mean, I always go back and forth about this because guys like P. Reed and DeChambeau, they're so easy to hate, but you do forget how important they are to the tour as a whole because mm-hmm. they draw viewership based on their pure hatred by golf right. fans. They play the right. villains. The villains play more than these boring guys out there. And sure, the tour still has a ton of great players and great personalities, but losing some of the guys they did, whatever you want to say about Phil, Kepka, DeChambeau, and you know, Reed's in a different conversation, but still, that that hurts. For sure. And we saw what happened when everyone was together again at the majors. And it made the PGA Tour look silly because the fans, the product was better at both majors, whether or not you agree with which side. Seeing all the top players together, we missed it. And we obviously wanted to see it more. No doubt. Further on for the PGA Tour, we've known about this for a long time, right? They are tangled up in litigations and court cases because of this tour. Immediately, we found out about this antitrust case. They sued Live Golf and PIF. And guess what? That is very, very, very expensive. That's a PIF is the sorry public public investment fund of Saudi Arabia. I'm going to refer right. to it as going forward PIF or PIF. I'm I'm just going to shorten it at that point. Sometimes I might even say Saudi Arabia. Kind of, it's almost interchangeable at this point. So, who the PGA Tour? They're the ones that initiated this lawsuit in the first place. Yeah, so it was it was more of like an antitrust thing and at, at this point it's so far back and forth that you know, um we can kind of touch on this a little later, but for both for both sides this was very very expensive leading into this agreement. Took a lot gotcha. of time too. You know, we were seeing world ranking points weren't getting done as quickly as as PIF wanted them to and the live tour in general. So all of these court cases you name it, not just the antitrust cases. There's so many different branches off of it that they just weren't getting done in a time in a timely fashion. And they're causing more, obviously, you know, the winner in that scenario is the lawyers who are getting paid right. for all of this, not the actual tourists. So you may or may not know the answer to this, but 
are these in any way related to the court cases that the Bryson DeChambeau's of the world had against the PGA Tour or those com- the defamation, I think? Yeah, I think that was separate. Uh, I think that case okay. kind of got, dro- got dropped in, in total. Uh, I know there was a one against the DP World Tour, too, that they all took their names off of. Um, but I, I believe right. that, that those are just completely separate. Okay, so PGA Tour, live. DP World Tour a little bit, all fighting each other in court, wasting money on lawyer fees. You could see how at some point there needs to be an end. For sure. For sure. So that's getting to a further point that we now fig- we now know is the reality. Another thing that was really not helpful for the PGA Tour were, well, because of Liv, they needed to bump up the purses, right? So they came up with this designated offense idea. With a bigger person for the des- for these designated PGA Tour events, who's putting up this money for that? Guess what? It's the sponsor of the tournament. So the Genesis Invitational, who's paying the majority of that purse? Genesis. And when they're going to put up more money, they're going to be hesitant to do so. Even if the ratings are slightly higher, the product is maybe a little bit better, but it's not that much better than if they had everyone else. And if they're putting $10 million into this, then you can see why there's some hesitancy for them to continue to put this up year over year. And I might see where you're going with this as well. Honda, who is the big sponsor of the Honda Classic for, what, 60, 70 years? Longest longest... running in the tour. Right. They had to drop this year because they were sandwiched by these designated events, not getting the same fields. They have Eric Cole and Chris Kirk battling it out to win their title. And you can't blame Honda for pulling out. And that was a, a byproduct of the decisions made because of the live tour. 100%. Uh, you're spot on there. Sponsors I'm, are, are a huge part of the PGA tour. And I'm who knows what goes on behind the scenes there. But there was evidence of hostility there. And this might be, I guess, a potential way to mediate that. So we get the issues that the PGA Tour has been running into. And honestly, you and I have talked about a ton of the other repercussions here, just in terms of the middle class, quote unquote, of the PGA being diluted, all of the drama going on. How about for the Live Tour? We have spoken a ton about the struggles that they've gone through and joked a lot about the CW relationship, the product not necessarily being there. Where have they been hurting? So not to mention the antitrust lawsuit, right? That hurts both sides. But LiveTour was founded on differentiating itself from the PGA Tour. They were never going to be able to just replicate the same product that the PGA Tour had with worse players and expect to come out on top. So they came up with everything different, right? They had the 54 holes. They had the shotgun start. They had the music. They had the fewer events. And most importantly, for their success, they had the teams, right? Right. Guess what? It's only year two, but it's not catching on. And I think as the exodus slowed down through much of what Jay Monahan did in credit, he slowed down that exodus, right? A lot of what his policy was prevented further people from moving over. Exactly. And that affected the teams. You know, there was rumors of Smash GC one of the Live Tours golf teams with Brooks Kepka after he won the PGA going for $2 billion. 
Now, I know that the Mets were sold for slightly more than that. So I can confirm that that is not the case, that they were going to be sold for $2 billion as long as Chase Kepka was on the roster. So right. you're not getting, you're not, it, it's just, that is just the reality, right? Maybe there is some merit to this team aspect. And, but that they were struck. It wasn't catching on with the fans. It wasn't catching on with the players. I don't think. And they weren't getting the big names that they wanted in order to make this a successful franchise and make those teams successful franchises. So real quick, and this is my ignorance right here. I figured the teams were kind of just this kitschy part of the live tour and not their mm-hmm. own entities. Do you know like how did the, how did the teams work? Are they their own separate entities as a part of the live tour? So that was the idea. At first, they're not, right? So as of right now, they're not. These are all part of the live tour. I, you know, who knows exactly how they get the funding. They're not releasing that. I'm sure it's all PIF funded at that point, public right. investment fund funded at that point. But the idea was to model something else that Saudi Arabia had gone in business with Formula One, right? Where you're going to have a team that's funded by an external source, right? So the Nike Smash GC, which then funds their team. And they wanted franchises with, you know, probably international spots, right? So maybe they would even be based in London or something like that. They wanted youth academies. They wanted, you name it, but they wanted it to be sold to these external groups and franchises, you know, just like soccer teams are or Formula One teams right. are. And it's so bizarre that was to not think about golf on. like that. Yeah, for because, sure. And, and it's this is so like, out of this world. Right. And we're, we, we lean purist or traditional or whatever you want to call it, just because we're so married to the product that exists right now. But it is an interesting concept and I've never really viewed the live team aspect as that mostly because the names are so stupid, but Mm -hmm. I guess if you're looking for ways to spice up the game, how can I hate on that when I'm going to, you know, commend tiger for his indoor sim leagues, you know, when you boil it down there, there are two different ways that may sound ridiculous, but that being their long-term solution actually makes sense and something I didn't quite understand before this. For sure. And, you know, something I guess the two of us never really gave them enough credit for was that they actually did have a long-term solution, which it often did not seem like they were going to. Another thing that negative affected them... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that the... the criticisms I have are more with their steps along the way, their messaging, their, you know, the, the things in Tulsa, the CW decisions. Yeah. It's like, if you're working towards this long-term goal, why are you making these short-sighted decisions? Anyway, continue. No, it's just, it, it, it honestly stems off of that because it, it, it's the biggest problem with this. Why they weren't selling is because guess what the audience for golf is? There is a global market, which we've talked about, that has a lot of people, but the audience for golf lives in America. The pro players live in America, all of them. That's where all of the history is, for the most part, other than, you know, the Open Championship. But American audience wasn't catching on. They stopped giving CW ratings a couple weeks ago because they were like, we don't even care about the American audience. We're not getting what we want from them. 
So maybe we'll look elsewhere. Maybe we'll look elsewhere for those. And and I don't think that that's what they wanted to do. And I think that that would take decades to actually catch on. If that's you know if they were to, willing to spend decades and decades and decades, that might work. But you know they're not. They want it now. Right. So PGA Tour struggling for reasons that we've talked about. Live Tour struggling for all these decisions. You can kind of see how we got to where we got today. For sure. And where we got today is it this appears that we have a deal that is done-ish. It's kind of in progress, but not done, which is why we don't have the full details of how it's going to work, how the schedule is going to work, what the events are going to look like, what the path back is going to look like. But something that we do know is that live golfers will have a path back to the DP World Tour and or PGA Tour, beginning with a reapplication process for these tours at the end of this season. So the rest of these seasons will go on as they're supposed to. The PGA Tour will go into the FedEx Cup and the Live Tour will finish out their season the way that they planned, as will the DP World Tour. So these three organizations will work cooperatively and in good faith to establish a fair and objective process for any players who desire to reapply for membership with the PGA Tour or DP World Tour following the completion of the 2023 season and for determining fair criteria and terms of readmission consistent with each of the tour's policies. Okay, so essentially, if you're a name that we want back on, we're going to let you on. I listened to an uh, an interview with uh, the chair of the DP World Tour, and he said, if they wish to go back, and that's a key word, they don't have to go back, which almost leaves a door open for the potential live tour staying open, at least for a little while, right, in some regard. So they don't technically have to go back, but depending on how this reapplication process works, the idea is that they're all of these top guys are going to go back. So without reading between the lines, all three tours are continuing to exist, but there's this operation agreement and that's that. However, it seems very far-fetched in my opinion that the live tour as we know it today will continue to exist at all given what's going on here. Now who knows what happens to all that money, but because Mm -hmm. like you mentioned, this money is now going to this larger entity. How's that working? So all commercial operations between these three tours, the PGA tour, you can't even say, you can't even say the three tours really because it's the commercial operations of the PGA tour the commercial operations of the DP World Tour, and the commercial operations of the entire public investment fund of Saudi Arabia will combine forces, right? So this is everything. These are operations combining with the mission of unifying the game of golf on a global basis. What that means, we don't really know, but it does mean that these commercial operations are now enormous. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this this was my understanding, but it's still just a ton to digest. And great job, by the way. I really appreciate the uh, the insight there. I wow, 
So I guess we can sit here and guess what's going to happen. I don't know what value mm-hmm. that serves just because this is all going to unfold in front of our eyes over the next few weeks, months, and probably years. I right. think so. Important... Yeah, go ahead. No, just just to all those listening here, it is important to distinguish that this merger is happening outside of these uh, outside of these tours, right? So, continuing on, these three commercial forces will create a collectively owned for-profit entity that has not been named yet. So, essentially, there will be something, let's call it the Pro Golf Super Tour. That will be the entity that then oversees all three of these tours. But those three tours, including the PGA Tour, will essentially exist like they do now in most regards. We've commented on the Live Tour and what we think will happen there, but we can go into that a little bit later. But theoretically, that's what that means. So the DP World Tour as it exists now and the PGA Tour as it exists now with their respective tournaments are likely to at least maintain the shape of what they have now for years to come. You'd think. Well, and that that makes a ton of sense, right? These tournaments have fans. They're in the places that they are for a reason. I'm sure sponsors will be flocking to them, whether they be American or Saudi Arabian. It is uh, fascinating to think of the potential range of outcomes here. And I think one of the things that I've been seeing is is the lack of space in the future for the live tour, especially if this Mm -hmm. the only thing here is and this is where we start to get into a bit more speculation because there's not look, there wasn't a ton of info about this that was confirmed initially And there's not a ton of info about it now. And I'm sure there won't be as we move forward. But the paychecks that these guys were taking to go go to the live tour, what have they been given? What are they entitled to keep? What will they have if they come back? Mm -hmm. If, If there's no room for the live tour in and of itself, what happens to that money that was promised to some of these players? It it seems like a big part. For sure. And and there is actually some speculation on that. Something that I don't think any of this can necessarily be considered fact, but they're given... So let's... Uh, we, we can break this up in, in a pretty easy number, right? Let's say someone had a $300 million contract. I don't think anyone had a contract that big, but we've been rumored that people have been pretty close to that. Let's say $300 million. They were given... 30%, 33%, so one third upfront, 100 million right away. Obviously, that's not going to be taken back. The rest of their contracts, which I think most of them were only three years, I could be wrong, okay. but I'm pretty sure they were very short term contracts. Right. So for every year after that, they would get the other third of their contract. Okay, so, so what happens if they win a tournament? It's I believe that that just counts against the whatever three hundred million they've already gotten or a hundred million they've already gotten. I don't believe that they actually win any money. But again, this is speculation. This has been speculation for a long, long time, and who knows whether it's fact or not? I think. So it sounds like 
a lot of these players have a good portion of the money that they agreed to while not necessarily being entitled to the rest. But it sounds like there are deals to be made out because ultimately we're talking the same fund, the PIF, that's going to invest, quote unquote, in the game of golf through this and whether that be hold their obligations to the big players they did initially, whether that be pay some of the other big players for reasons unknown to me. It, it, that part is really fascinating. And I think it, it it has to be talked about because a lot of these players, if not all of them, like Harold Varner said, left because of the paycheck. So mm-hmm. what they do in the future is going to be dictated by what? The paycheck. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's a that's a huge part to it. And we have just really just have no idea. Unfortunately, that's the biggest question mark right now of of what this is actually going to look like in in terms of the landscape of what players play in what events, what players don't play in what events, what events even exist, what types of events even exist. Like For all we know, there could the PGA Tour could be broken up into teams at this point. We don't we don't even know that we do know that they said they're going to try to involve teams. But we don't know what that means. We don't know how that affects anybody. We we just don't know. Well put. And I, for one, am very excited, nervous, a little bit nervous to find out. Because you and I have talked about a lot. We are scared of where... We talked about it last week. We're scared yeah. of where the game is, where where it could go for fans like us. And to kind of be held hostage like this understand given what's going on and okay you've done a great job of laying it out i think we have to talk about unless you have anything else in terms of the the legal stuff yeah we can we can go and i can go into quite a bit more there's a few uh few things left that uh we do know actually about this that that are quite interesting for sure yeah give it to me so we can talk a little bit more about this entity, right? So so this for-profit entity. The for-profit entity will have a chairman, a CEO, and a board. The chairman is Yasir Al-Rumayan. He is the head of the of the of PIF, of the public investment fund, the governor, a Saudi businessman who is the chairman of the state-owned petroleum company Saudi Aramco, as well as the chairman of English football club Newcastle, which is, recently was bought by Saudi Arabia. This is the right-hand man to the the prince. Yeah. Sheesh. Yeah, so this is uh this is the same guy. Um the CEO will be Jane Monahan, who we all know is the PGA Tour former PGA Tour CEO. Uh he will will be the executive officer of this tour and probably have a lot to do with actually how it's shaped. For Other now. than that, the board will mostly be right for now. The board will mostly be made up of PGA Tour decision makers from the current hierarchy, as well as DP World Tour, current decision makers, um, executives, etc. 
right? Other than this entity, the PGA Tour will keep the nonprofit tax exempt status that it still has. However, the public investment fund will not be backing the PGA Tour. It'll be backing the entity that oversees the PGA Tour. So, who is the chief investor of this? It it is PIF. They are they have they will inject it with a new capital investment to start and oversee the growth of the entity. Where that gets a little shaky and why people are so nervous about this is we've seen this with Formula One. We've seen this with Newcastle and soccer and even other teams like PSG and Man City who are various Middle Eastern oil countries. This is the first of its kind Saudi backing in major American sports. And it's opening up a portal into we have no idea what. There are so many different ways that this could go. But they now have a foot in the door in U.S. sports for the first time in history. And this is the part that has been so polarizing online. And for me, honestly, too, this has been a really tricky subject. I know we've touched on it a little bit, but I think I... I'll say it. It is sports washing. It's yeah, for sure. That is, that is what this is. And I'm not here to play moral police like so many will, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. This is sports washing the, by its definition. For sure. And, and now we, we've come to a place, right? So, so, we thought that Live Golf was sports washing. We thought that Live Golf's goal was to sports wash. Guess what? I've been saying this all day. They've now sports washed. They did it. They 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 bought they basically bought golf. And they are now the chief investor in professional sport. And I'm sure we know what sports washing is, but just to be clear, sponsoring a sporting team event organization in order to distract from bad practices elsewhere. And the bad practices that we are alluding to here are countless, to say the least. Um, The the murder of the journalists has been highly publicized, but there are many human rights issues, things that we can leave for another day, but are certainly very serious. And bring me pause when I hear about this whole thing and are truly the origin of my initial disdain for the live tour in general. Now I've come around on a lot of things about live and its place in the golf world, but I'll never come around on the sports washing piece and the ethical dilemma here. I don't like when people approach this from a moral police standpoint. And I also don't like when people ignore this like they have been. On the live side of things. So sure, I'm going to sit in the middle, but it it does bring me pause when we have this conversation. And and guess what? It It is, I think that it's important that we pause. There's a reason that they haven't been involved in stuff like this before. And it's not just because they're, you know, oh, they just decided they wanted to this year. 
there's a reason why this wasn't, you know, this isn't met with open arms and that this is a huge deal because, you know, we weren't, we didn't want, you know, Jay Monahan has been saying this for a year. He's like, these people, we don't want to get involved with that. We're not sure what it's going to do for our PR for good reason. And, and this is, this is a really, really big deal, no matter how you want to slice it, whether it's going to be good for the game. I guess that that's where, where essentially we as golf media and golf fans would like this to go. We want this to go in a positive way. If that's that theoretically, this could be at the expense of protesting these, uh, you know, rights that Saudi Arabia do not have people in Saudi Arabia do not have. And, and it's not, it's not really black and white. Unfortunately, there's, you know, you can talk about the NBA in China. You can talk about the PGA tour in China. Who are we to say that this is where we draw the line? I don't know. Our relations Uh, with Saudi Arabia, America's relations with Saudi Arabia. Padraig Harrington had a great tweet today talking about, this being sports washing, but his country has relations with Saudi Arabia. And so do it's ours. so difficult to say, okay, this is okay, but this isn't without really understanding what's going on. And I can sit right. here and condemn the human rights aspect of this, but when it comes to pick and choosing, there is the ability to open the door to hypocrisy. And I think we saw that play out today. For sure. <laughs> another another interesting little thing on this while while we're talking relations are that Secretary of State Secretary of State Blinken is in Saudi Arabia right now talking about US really? Saudi relations. Yep. Right now. The broker the deal. Who knows? Who knows? It's possible. It's literally possible. Maybe not broker, but in somewhat involved. It's That's totally wild. possible. Yeah, it is. It is really wild. Yeah. So it's it's just just another thing, conspiracy theory to add to the pile at this point. I don't know if we'll ever know how and why this this really happened, but but it it certainly is. And and there's so much unknown. But, you know, there is still some stuff that we do know, like we've been talking about a concern of mine that I've had was when I heard that that they're going to be the chief investor, right? This isn't the first time that pro sports teams changed from a non, non-profit to for-profit, right? MLB in 2007, NFL in 2015, they both changed this. and th- But the reason that golf hadn't necessarily before was because they had a charitable distinction and all of their different events you know, are community-based and charity-based. But I guess what we're finding out now is that the reality of the situation is why they were always nonprofit was because they never had the financial resources to do this before PIF came around. Now, the paradigm has completely shifted. Professional golf was viewed as a for-profit, even though they weren't. And now they actually have the resources to make this happen. And guess what? PGA Tour Incorporated, which is the PGA Tour, not this entity, the separate PGA Tour. Every PGA Tour event will still be sanctioned by the PGA Tour Incorporated. So you're not getting the schedule won't be 
or at least the schedule that these theoretical top players will be playing won't be the PGA Tours Memorial Invitational. And then the next week lives Tulsa, Oklahoma. Nope. Every sanctioned event will remain sanctioned by the PGA Tour. So they get to abide by their rules, too. God, there's just so much going on here. Yeah, it's it's really, really complex. And, um, you know, something that 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 needs to be needs to be said in this regard is that is that it appears that the PGA Tour got, you know, the top of the PGA Tour got everything they wanted. Uh, It's what Phil Mickelson's been saying forever, even though Phil's happy today. He's happy because a lot of this is coming to light and that the players are getting what they want. But at the same time, who on the PGA Tour is unhappy that they're getting this influx of money? They're getting whatever they want, too. So that's the irony of it all, right, Jacob? The the PGA Tour players that turn down this money to stay loyal to the tour itself are ultimately going to be paid back with the money from the tour that they initially shot down. Exactly. It's, th- that that exactly. is one of the most bizarre dynamics that I have ever heard of in any sports story. Right. Like, think about it, right? I said no to the live because, because of the money and where it's coming from. And I stayed loyal to the PGA Tour. And then the PGA Tour went behind my back, brokered a deal with Liv. I'm upset about that, but I'm paid back by Liv. And and, and piff, right? Like essentially, I, yes. It is it is so ridiculously ironic. I mean, I know there's a movie that's supposed to take place about this, but the they're Will gonna Ferrell, have to change right? the script. Yeah, right. Yeah. This is this is like I, I when when I realized that, when that clicked with me about thirty minutes into reading this stuff. It is just fascinating. Rory just a, being paid yeah. with piff money. It's 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 shocking. It's really shocking. And it's just a glimpse into business in general and how things work in the world. And this is how sport is now going to be. It's uh, it's upsetting, it's sad in a lot of regards, but this is the way that sport works now. And the irony of all of this happening and the real people who who kind of are getting hurt from this and the losers of this situation are the people who didn't take the 300 100 million dollar contracts to go to live because yes there will be some sort of penalty some sort of suspension that they all have to fulfill in order to come back to the PGA tour right that's not going to go Absolutely. away maybe maybe they have to forfeit the second two thirds of their 300 million dollar contract Maybe that's the case. But guess what? They're still going to get paid by PIF in whatever tournaments they go to. Whatever. Like, literally, I, this was a joke, but like, this is theoretically what's going to be. PIF is going to pay PIP. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, PIF is like going to pay PIP. Literally, that's exactly what's going to happen. And, and for those of you who don't know, PIP is the player incentive program that the PGA Tour created a few years back. Right. Which basically just says whoever gets the most Twitter engagement wins. Tiger. Ten million dollars or whatever it is. So Tiger, Tiger Wood wins win. every Ti- year. Tiger's minus one thousand. Tiger Tiger Woods is going to have I mean, you can like chalk it up the next ten years. They should just write him a check for a hundred mil right now. 
Absolutely. So, all right. I, I, I just need to talk about it because this is one of the wildest turn of events that I could have foreseen for a certain individual. And that's Jay Monahan, the, the CEO of the PGA Tour. For sure. I want to start this conversation by qualifying that he had to respond to a lot of people angry, had to run with decisions in the face of this foreign tour that comes up that has moral implications. He was not the guy for the job, but he made decisions and statements along the way that were 100% completely invalidated by the decision and show that he put on this morning being with the, uh, who 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 was he on with? Was was that the the leader of the fund or someone associated with the fund? Yeah, that was Al Ramayan. Yeah, Al Ramayan. Okay, that, that's the head of Piff. That's the head of Piff. Right. And so he he's preaching loyalty, preaching legacy, preaching all these things that we knew weren't necessarily tangible, but reasons for somebody to stay on the PGA tour, and then shaming mm-hmm. guys that were taking the money because that's what they were doing. And then you mm-hmm. turn around and you take that same money because Jay Monahan got how how much richer today? Five, ten times what he was worth in the morning, and that might be For conservative sure. at least. Yeah, and you have the opportunity to do that once you see that. Hey, I'm losing on lawyer costs, and hey, I'm losing on this, and then don't tell your players about it. The guys that you have been making answer all these questions on a daily basis about all this shit that they don't want to talk about when they're all trying to make a living and make golf. You, you basically make a fool out of Rory McIlroy who has to have all these one liners and become this one person to go to for the live tour questions. And when obviously he was sick of it and he stopped and that was probably due to the fact that he knew about this, but just putting egg on his face as a human being like i have a problem with that even if it's business and it's not personal like i i i feel for these guys and you saw they were pissed off you have to and right so rightfully so that these guys are pissed off they they were embarrassed publicly in front of the entire world they may never live down the fact that they made these Finance moral decisions over financial decisions. Granted, yes, that was their decision, right? And it proved to be the incorrect decision. If that's what you're looking at, right? Like, and now they're forced to be in bed with the people that they thought that they were they were dis um, disavowing this entire time, right? But the reality, like you said, it is business is business, and it's not personal. I hate that. But the way that this shows on both sides is not even just the PGA Tour. The players were used as pawns in a thing that was so far above their heads. And they don't give a shit about how these players feel. They do not care at all. Yeah, okay, maybe in the long run, they're all going to be winners. They're all going to make more money than they ever would have if this had never happened. That's probably true. and, And I can't disagree with that. But... You can even look at the live side. Greg Norman is acting like this is a great day. Guess what? Greg Norman is never going to have a job in golf ever again. Ever. He's completely, he's completely thrown away. See ya. Tiger said Mi- it. Phil Mickelson has a potentially a path to come back, but I don't see it happening. 
I, I, I would be shocked if he came back. I think that he's he's gonna take his gloating and run into the sunset. It 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 is so crazy because you can you can't you can say that they're going to get paid back and they are financially, but they've been publicly embarrassed, especially yep. the guys that and, have to talk and, about this. And there's not a right, price and, tag that you can always put on that. No, there's not. And something <laughs> funny enough, they're going to try to. One of the things that was brought up at this players only meeting is that. They want litigation against this. They want lawsuits. Um, and they they firmly, I think, unless they come up with some sort of like agreement, like Piff just says, hey, guys, here's some hush-hush money. Don't say anything. We'll pay you your rumored contracts or a fraction of your rumored contracts or whatever. Deal with it. Right. So... This is this is essentially, in my mind, the equivalent of a girl asking you on a date. You show up. She's with another guy. And she pretends like she doesn't know you. That's essentially what Jay Monahan has done to the players. And, and, and there's a whole and, audience. And then ask you, to, and then ask you to deal with it. Sit there and deal they with ask it. Ask you to deal with it. And then, and then that guy, that guy, then you sit down and you eat dinner next to them, and that guy pays for your dinner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it, right? Uh, like the, that's the guy, what's happening. You, you say no, I don't want to be here, but you have to anyways, and they yeah. will pay for it, and you will. And then like you it. litigate, and you get the you get the surf and the turf and the two thousand dollar bottle of wine, and you make him pay for it. This but is you're just, publicly embarrassed, right? And I, you know, we haven't we haven't heard from Rory aside from behind closed doors. But for yeah. Rory, right, you have so much money, and you're at a point in your career where it, it is more about legacy than money. Even though you could make a ton of money, and you know, can, you can always do better. You hate to compare like that. This has to be just flat out horrible, and I initially felt like oh my god played the villain said the wrong things but i'm at a stage right now where i I feel a little bad for him because of the way that he was played in the positions that he was put in because man he was right we we've talked about this he he turned himself into the face of anti-live not even just the pga tour but anti-live i can't think the only other guy that I can think of that that really spoke out really at all publicly against it was Fitzpatrick. Actually, um, right there, there really wasn't much motion in terms of people outwardly talking about things like that, and he completely made that his personality. And his golf game suffered because of it. And who knows if he's ever going to even? I mean, he could. He's Rory McIlroy, but how that mentally affects him and the amount of stuff that he was seeing on Twitter about himself and. I I just I mean he's ruined his his image essentially because he tried to defend people he tried to defend what he thought was right and, right uh, that's the important it, part it completely backfired. You can stay it was a shtick or whatever you want, but Rory had he had validity to his argument that he was talking about. Like we we allude to the sports washing. He has his opinion on it, so he he took a stand. And it could have been rooted in certain hypocrisy, but that's no better than a lot of what these other guys are doing. 
So Rory took sure. a stand and he was very vocal about it and he cared while he was being played by the people that are essentially overseeing his business. So I, I, and, I totally feel for Rory. In in a sport like this, there was only ever one way that sports washing was going to be avoided. And it was going to be if the players decided that they weren't going to do it. And that wasn't what happened. And even Rory McIlroy, who you could consider the most influential current golfer, I guess now everyone's just going to say Phil is because this was all Phil, right? And I don't, who it's knows Rory. if people had it would saw Phil, but but you Rory McIlroy is like the most influential golfer at the moment, and he took a stance against it, and it wasn't even close to enough. It's sad. So one other thing that I'll say on Monahan and uh, the PGA Tour, I I have a ton of problems with what he did to those people. The hypocrisy makes me angry. I, I just, yeah. I think that it's fair to say that he might have realized that this is the only way out for live golf. And this is an easy way to get rid of the tour while keeping what we know is the PGA tour like that overnight and just cutting your losses. Now he did that by selling out to the PIF, which is egregious in and of itself from just from a hypocrisy standpoint, but you can kind of see how that decision was made. In addition to the factors that we talked about earlier in the episode. Yeah. So, well, while we're speaking on this and 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 how we think we got into this and how we're, we can talk about this being like an overnight decision, I, I have a couple theories through my research that uh, are backed in evidence, and you can let me know what you think about them. Okay? Tin hat. Perfect. That's exactly what I wanted to say. For starters... One of the things that they decided were going to be a result of this new entity were that all litigations, right? We talked really early on about how the litigations were expensive, litigations were going to go on. All litigations are put to an end immediately. Obviously, now they're now we're friends, right? Why would we fight if we're friends now? So what do we know about these lit- litigations, Right. As of Friday, June 2nd, at the time you're going to be hearing this is going to be Wednesday, June 7th. So five days ago, the Live Golf Antitrust case reached an appeals roadblock. The Ninth U.S. Circuit of the Court Appeals denied the PGA Tour's motion of an appeal against PIF. This means further delays in the court's process, which has already been going on for over a year. The tour wanted discovery from Piff and Al-Rumayan. Now, I wasn't familiar with discovery, but what that means is essentially they were going to be able to obtain evidence from Piff through various means, including interrogations and subpoenas. The appeal by PIF will remain in place after the tour's motion to dismiss was denied. So this is essentially just going to keep going. And what does this result in? At least a year from June 2nd, at least one year until we even find out 
if Piff ever has to produce this discovery evidence. And guess what? This main one that happened on Friday isn't even the only discovery appeal. PGA Tour isn't just asking Piff to do it. It's the other way around. It's going both sides. It's causing a major, major roadblock in the, in both antitrust cases. And guess what? Tin hat time. I think this timing is not a coincidence. I think that the litigations were just getting so expensive. And with these discoveries, which are internal, right? So subpoenas internally. Right. There was going to be evidence on both sides of these corrupt organizations. BJ Tour corrupt, PIF corrupt, for sure. There was going to be stuff that was going to come out on both sides, whether this be PIF meddling in these so-called businesses that they're funding, which is the whole court case that the PGA Tour said. They said, oh, we're funding this live golf tournament. But guess what? They, their PGA Tour wanted this, wanted yes. them to look into PIF meddling in that. And who knows what the hell is going on in, in the PGA Tour and how corrupt they are. We're seeing how corrupt they are. I think that this this actually wasn't even talked about today, which I was shocked about. There was stuff that's going to come to light, and they just said, handshake agreement, we call it a day. No one ever has to know. Okay. Okay. So so just to recap there, what you're saying is yeah. among the litigation, they had to look into each other's businesses, internal subpoenas, checking out what's going on behind the scenes. And they just got into this ongoing battle of what he's doing, what he's doing, what she's doing, what she's doing. Yeah. And there is a ton of information on corruption internally in both PIF and the PGA Tour. And they were just battling and all of it was coming to light. And rather than let it keep going, they said, handshake agreement. We're going to figure this out. None of this is going to come to light. Monahan knows he's going to look like a hypocrite if it all does. So he takes the fall today. He knows what this looks like. He's not stupid. That's why I'm 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 avoiding piling on just because like this was calculated. For, For sure. sure. There had to be a worse outcome. And the worst outcome right. is the corruption within the PGA Tour coming to light as our buddy Phil Mickelson always alludes to has been saying the whole time. So here's here's it. the only the only correction that I have, which is where it becomes a little bit conspiracy theorist rather than just like fact, is that okay. the discover the discoveries are a pre-trial process and all of this litigation and stuff that's causing these roadblocks right now are because each person is like, Oh, I want to do a discovery on you. And they're like, No, 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 you can't do that. And it's just going back and forth like that right now. Love that. So I think that it would this like if it ever got to that point and it got to like a trial, obviously, then this stuff would come to light. So they're probably like, eh, well, you know, we're probably both be better off yeah, if this yeah, doesn't go to a trial. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. We yeah. work them out. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, God, the thing is, and all right, obviously, Monahan's getting a ton of money in his pocket and there's reasons for him to do this, but. You'd like to think there that he would understand the image that he's going to have after this. 
And I think he kind of just accepted that. It's like it's like Goodell does in the NFL. You know, he knows right. how hated he is. He's booed at the draft every day. Um, this just makes at the end of the day, his job is to make money. Yeah, make the owners happy, make money, and and it's become that. So I almost find it tacky to make fun of what a horrible commissioner he is because that's not his goal. So I think Monahan's kind of adapted that narrative and said, "Eh, fuck it." Yeah, pretty much. This is a business, and kill or be killed. And and it gets it gets hairy, obviously, because they're they're something that that did come to light today was because the PGA tour is non-for-profit, right? All of the players are independent contractors right? and they have to vote on this actually to go through. And that entire process was circumvented. So he's got a lot of explaining to do. Yeah. Wait. So the, the merger process or whatever this is has to be voted upon. How can you just circumvent that? Uh, it's a good question. Essentially, like what something that we do, it, it was like a handful. It was like five people in the entire world knew that this has been happening for the past seven weeks. Five people. Who are those um, five? It was like it was Monahan, Al Rumayan, one other, one or two. I think two other PGA Tour officials. And I'm going to get this guy's name wrong, but it's like the owner of Seminole Golf Club, who's like a super influential. You know who this guy yes. is? Yes. I've I've seen him before. What's his name? Um, I, You're going to have to give me a second here. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll be able to pull it up quick. But apparently he brokered the deal. So. Really? Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's, is he like an investment banker? That sounds right. Or something like that. I, I, I don't want to give the wrong name here just cause it's not a readily available, but, uh, yeah. So, oh God, man. I, so you're saying you don't think any of the players knew whatsoever. I, I don't think a single player knew. And, and you don't think and, Rory uh, knew? I don't think Rory knew. Tiger didn't really? know. Well, Tiger, yeah, you're right. It, it was reported that Tiger didn't know, which is crazy, man. I, it's just it it baffles me that, oh man, the players and and just to see if if you want to go on Twitter, go check out um what these players were saying today, and a lot of them were jokes, yeah. but you know, oh man, I I think it was. Oh, the live, Jimmy the Dunn. Live players are sorry. Jimmy Dunn. Sorry, is his name. J- Jimmy Dunn. Okay. The live players are all of the doing PGA a victory Tour lap. Policy board. Really? Yeah. But yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, the live players are doing a victory lap. The PGA Tour players are confused out of their minds, obviously as they should be, frustrated, upset, whatever. You're seeing the the sort of difference between how their guys are reacting. Yet, both were equally as in the dark of this entire thing. But who totally. benefits most and who looks right, obviously, are the people that are going to gloat. Yeah. And I look, the, the live players, they can do their victory lap. I don't know if it's as much of a victory for them as they're painting it out to be. But that's what this whole thing has become. It's become yeah. this polarizing topic. And it it's so 
bizarre to me that you I, I get it on a human level after you've kind of been you know castrated in the media but you're bragging about something that is so sensitive and has a lot of scary and negative connotations about how you took money and sure you were judged for that decision it doesn't seem in great taste i I just pulled up a tweet from bryson and it made me angry so that's what i'll say uh i do we're we're at an hour here this has been an awesome conversation i'd like to get into some winners and losers in this whole saga that you see outside of kind of the big names that we've talked about thus far. Um, yeah, so that's for sure. You? For sure. Um, as far as winners go, uh, I don't know if I have anything that we haven't really talked about so far. Saudi Arabia is a huge winner today. They they did some crazy soccer things as well today. Um, Phil seems to be a winner. It appears as though everything he says was correct. Uh, Jay Monahan, despite the way that the public is looking at him, I'm sure is absolutely laughing his way to sleep tonight. Um, something that we haven't really talked about too much that I think actually could be the biggest winner out of all of this are the fans, dude. We're going to get our pro golf back with all the good players and yeah, whether whatever the format's going to be. You've seen the success that whether whatever you think, I think putting putting the way that we feel about the Saudi Arabian involvement and the way anyone feels about Saudi Arabian involvement and what that might mean for the future of sport in general, putting that aside, if you've seen what these investments have done for the respective sports, Formula One, look at how big Formula One is after Saudi Arabia got involved into that. No one knew what no one knew what Formula One was. People know what golf is. They could do Absolutely. a lot of damage with the sport of golf. Newcastle was getting relegated last year, and now they're in the Champions League in soccer. And that's in one year. So this right. is going to be incredible, probably, what they're going to wind up doing for the product. And like we touched on earlier, these guys aren't stupid. There's been a plan. Whether they say this has only been going on for seven seven weeks or whatever, maybe that's like actual conversations together golfing together that stuff's been going on for seven weeks i think that we would be moronic as people to think that this wasn't at least some sort of topic of discussion between the two from before live was even started my guess is that piff came to them 10 10 years ago probably and said we would love to buy you we would love yeah. to be involved and we would love to invest in in golf and Monahan said, why would we do that? We were in a perfectly good place and this will ruin our PR. And then Liv said, okay, fine, we'll be a competitor. And now the way that they get rid of a competitor is by laying in bed with them. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. For my, I'll go to a similar winner. And I think let's look at the, we've talked about it. And let's put the money concerns aside here, but let's look at the trickle-down effects of what this will have for the golf world outside of the main tours. If there's more money there, there's more money to be made on the lower tours. And maybe that's Mm -hmm. a little too optimistic for me, but I don't see a world in which the Corn Ferry Tour of the world, Q School, the ways that you feed up through the PGA Tour is not positively affected by an injection of capital. 
I, I, I could be wrong and I don't understand as much about how this business works, but I feel like there's going to be a better way to get up through the tours in terms of being able to pay your caddies, being able to pay golf expenses, having more lucrative lower tours, maybe competing tours that are smaller, but all under the same entity. That's a positive effect that I could see out of this. Whereas the guys right now that are fighting to make a living on the corn Ferry tour really don't have a lot for themselves at the end of the day. Yeah. Because it's so yeah, man. And, and this is super interesting that you brought this up because, uh, one of the first things that came into my head today was other than the the shock and disbelief was how this actually would affect the players and and especially those players on tours like DP World Tour who aren't as known challenge tours corn ferry tours right and i reached out to a corn ferry tour player today and asked them kind of what they felt about it and they didn't even really had time to process it right so they're they're athletes they're not going to go into wisely they're not going to go into what they feel what their opinions are on it right because theoretically this could be their bosses he was so stuck on the fact that he was going to be battling for a pga tour card that he was like i don't even have time to think about this the only thing that i care about and worry about right now is getting my pga tour card that's all i can worry about and I, like it hasn't even hit him that the potential of of him fighting paycheck to paycheck might actually not even be a reality. The Corn Ferry Tour might be brought into a new light. Um, incredible, and, it, and it's and it's it really is incredible. We got to have him on the pod. Uh, he he'll be on soon. I promise. Um, he's a really good guy, really good player, and he's uh he's. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna jinx it, but. He's well on his way to a tour card, I think. It'll be exciting. Absolutely. Fingers crossed and looking forward to that moment. But that is really fascinating. And quite honestly, one of the first things I texted you when you said this was, should I go pro? And you're like, yeah, I'll caddy. Because there, <laughs> yeah. there are pathways <laughs> right. to having financial viability on those lower tours. Whereas right now, it's just nearly impossible to make any type of a living when yeah. you're not in the you know top 75 in the world. So that's, yeah, man. that's a big winner. It is a huge winner. It and some something that that like could could be thought of are rather than having like these mini tours or whatever, right? They could still take some of this live business model and be like, oh, we could start like a club farm system out of Florida where we just feed professional golfers for a team or something like that. Like these are all ideas that theoretically could work and and who knows how it's gonna change. And certainly it will change. We do know that. Something actually that he, he brought up uh, really quick, um, something that he brought up that I was thought was interesting. We don't we don't even have to talk about it really quick was was that in, in his mind, he he saw the potential for for like a top super league where there were these designated events that only the top guys would be a part of. And he, that was something that he was intrigued slash concerned about. A la Champions League. Yeah, like a like a more like a super league than a Champions League, where like okay. the only the top the top guys will play in their designated events, and then the PGA Tour will be the PGA Tour, and then below that will be the Corn Ferry Tour. I would be frustrated if that's where it goes, just because there's a Me difference too. between you know the Arsenal's and the the 
the top soccer teams playing against each other and the fact that Kurt Kitayama can win a designated event in the face of 20 of the best players in the world. Golf is inherently different and diluting the fields like that is something we talked about with their proposed elevated event structure, which I hope now goes out the window for next year. That's why we didn't like the WGC. This just seems like a poor conversion towards that. Leave the kitschy right. match things for for that type of uh, event, in my opinion. Couldn't agree more. And, and again, this is all just, just people's first thoughts. This is the first day that this has been our reality. And, and the dust has not nearly settled yet. So I've got a couple more winners. Uh, number one, Full Swing, the Netflix documentary. Apparently oh, they have dude, cameras yeah. on all of this. Yeah, this is like going to be the wild. Reactions today on RBC. Whatever you wanted about the first season, this will be much wa- must watch TV next year. Like I, sure. I cannot wait to see some of these guys' reactions. It, all I wanted to yeah. know was like to be in that players only meeting, and we might get footage of what's going on. Who 100%. knows if they'll let them in that specific meeting, but. Oh man, that's going to be fun! And thank God 100%. they decided to re up. What a what a way to strike gold! Like they started yeah. following golf last year. They thought that was interesting. This is going to be epic. This will this will be, you know, must watch TV. Whether or not you're a golf fan, like this they is need to drop it. This soon, is man. huge, major world news, and uh, and and now that we have footage of live reactions of it is just simply unbelievable. I cannot wait. I, I cannot, cannot wait. wait. Cannot wait. You should see the smiles on our faces right now. We're like giddy. It's like Christmas morning that, when that thing's going to come gonna out. That is going to be cool. Uh, we'll do a full review of that on the pod, I'm sure. Uh, oh, my man. final winner... I oh, know I have like eight more, but this is, an, this is a big one. The, Most the people win. That's important to say. Oh, to fuck off. The live bots. They're winners. They, they're not people, yeah, but they they're are. winners. They They're are winners because everything that they would bot about on Twitter that we hated was probably right. Probably right. Including Phil. Phil's a live bot. That's all he is to me. Phil is surely a live bot at this point. Phil's uh, like the he king was, of the live bots. I think like like other other than like this like weird tangent villain phil where he just like rips on everybody like ripping on rory come on man like i i know he said fuck you phil but like i don't think rory could hurt a fly and phil was just Seriously. like yeah, f- yeah we don't want rory playing on live no one wants stick him to, like, yeah okay sure stick to insider trading right yeah you can have uh you can have cameron tringali on your team for sure you'd much rather yeah. have him than rory probably uh, that's interesting because, like, I could I can almost uh, translate the live bots as winners, but to go to one of the few losers in this scenario appears to be the actual live tour, which will yeah. theoretically cease to exist. I think it's I think, dead. I we think touched will, on this earlier. No, I don't think it's dead. I think it's dead as we know it. I still think that they'll do like their like international live international series. Like, there's players that aren't going to be on the Australia. PGA tour. That yeah right I mean the PGA Tour is going to have an event in Australia I think that's like they almost guaranteed at this point yeah they've been forced um, into it they've literally been forced which is good I guess right fuck it um I just like I I don't I don't see how it like completely goes away but uh I mean I guess if they're not going to get 
But these litigations are done. Like, what happens to their world ranking points? God, like, is that thing going to go through? I'm sure. Bryce Maybe it will just cease to it. exist. Maybe it will cease yeah. to exist, dude. I I don't see I don't see a world where it's here. To be honest, now this assumes that there's this path that we're talking about, and this deal goes through, and the DP World Tour has tournaments, and the PGA Tour has tournaments. But why would it? Why would any of these players? I, I this is the, this is why the fina- financial aspect of this is such a big deal for me because I I don't understand what players that were entitled to certain dollar amounts are going to get now what they're going to get in the future PGA yeah. Tour payouts I think that's going to dictate the future of Lit, for sure I, I just don't see a path that it exists because I think one of the things that we forget to realize is they made a lot of the decisions they did about the 54 holes, the team format, the shotgun, because it couldn't copy the PGA tour. Like you said before. So those weren't decisions because they were better. They were different and they didn't stick in market. They weren't watched. They were criticized. I don't like them. You don't like them. I think the players that say they like them were lying. Well, well, yeah. And it's, uh, and it's, uh, it's going to be obvious. Like, if it is true that it's going to be like the players who wish to go back can go back, uh, I find it hard. We've been almost playing this hypothetical like, oh, like if the live players could come back, would they? Uh, I think all of them will for the most part uh, if they can. And because yeah. there, there, there's now a structure in pro golf where, you know, they're going to talk about, oh, I can only play thir- I only have to play 13 times a year. I can do stuff like that. Like that was always such BS. There was no like like the top players in the world play sixteen to twenty events. What's the difference? Two weeks at that point, all year. Like twenty events is the absolute max high side. Um, You know, there's going to be some guys who play twelve, thirteen, fourteen events a year. They play less on the PGA Tour than they do on the Live Tour. And 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 it's like I I just I I don't think that that's a reason. I think they'll have time. Bryson will have his time to do his long drive stuff if he wants or whatever. They'll have time for their foundations. They'll have time to do, you name it. Um, I don't see. I don't see that really changing. And and obviously the shotgun stuff is stupid. The party stuff yeah. is okay, but it's not going to last. Um, already exists. I think in it's the like waste. Fu- already exists in the waste, right? Uh, maybe they'll do like one other tournament or something. But guess what? It's PGA Tour sanctioned events. It's not live sanctioned events. Yeah. One more winner I have is Harold Varner the third. Never really turned on him. We talked about him nicely last week. He said it. He meant it. He was right. He was right about everyone that left. He was right about the whole situation. Now he's back and he gets to make a living for his family and set them up forever. So, yep. I'm not going to turn winner. on you, Harold. Huge winner no, in all no. this. No, no. I it's have... just uh, the Brysons. Oh, the Brysons. Like. Yeah. Blech. Good. Can't wait to see him. Uh, losers. I have players like Rory that were used as pawns. We've talked about that a ton. But uh, sorry. Side note. Side note on that. Potential winner out of the Rory situation is himself, because we've already seen today he snapped at Grayson Murray on and in the players only meeting. I think this is the beginning. This started a couple weeks ago, even before this happened, when he shut down from the media 
we're starting to see the Rory, the Rory villain arc stage of his career. Ooh. He's going to, Is he's he going to win four more. To, I think he's going to, he might go and just blow out everyone and win like five more majors. Like he's just going to figure it out. He's going to just snap into the zone and we're going to see a just completely different Rory McIlroy, potentially villain Rory McIlroy, which I'm so here for. I'm here for it too. I got to say, if he's in the stretch at the U.S. Open, I will be rooting for him. Oh my God. And it'll be different than all these other. I will so be rooting for him. It changed today. I officially feel for him. I'll be rooting for him to get a green jacket. I always wanted him not to win any more majors because I thought it was funny. Now I want him to go win eight. <laughs> right. And 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 he could. That's what that's what we've said. We've said we're just like he's either Bill gonna win Rory. zero and just crumble, or he's gonna figure it out again and figure out how to close it out. It's crazy how it's like how it's like he's in contention and doesn't get it done, but he's in contention like all the time. I mean, I know he's a couple months off there, but the fact that he's in contention in so many majors is is truly astounding. He did crumble on Sunday. Shout out Vic Hovland. He crumbles all the time, I know. Shout hey, out Vic, we told Vic, Vic to stop winning just with Tiger and friends. No, and guess did. what? He won with Jack and friends. He won, yeah, but that's a that's a yeah, that's a crazy win for Vic. Yeah, good and for Vic. Uh, of did, course we considered him but didn't pick him for Pinty yeah, game. Whatever. We didn't we didn't talk about that. This all happened. Uh did you see by the way, I was gonna bring this up on the normal agenda, but I think it's fair now. So Jack Nicholas said to Rory after the Oh tournament, yeah. Right after, like when he walked sometimes. off eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. We should talk sometime. Yeah. You and me need to talk sometime. I guess I mean, Rory just think- ice Jack out. Um, what do you think? Maybe, maybe, but also just like, yeah. I mean, I th- I think that's probably more likely than, or just like, or just like Jack has been sitting on opinions, and he's like, now that you stop doing, now you stop being the face of the PGA Tour, right? And you turn this around, maybe now we can actually talk. Uh, I don't know. But now Jack they probably okay. don't have that much talk. He looked way better this year than he used to. And he's yeah, like well, level-headed. At Honda, I thought it was... Uh, I thought he didn't look too good. Yeah. but No, no, no. Like they, they shot him with like steroids or something. Like He was like super level-headed in the booth. It was, it was really weird. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I have a couple more losers. Okay. Michael Block, he missed the cut by, or he missed the U.S. Open qualifying. Yeah, some qualifying. yeah but he's playing this week. He's playing this week. He is playing this week. Uh, tough week to be Michael Block because you were the story and now you're no longer the story. Maybe he'll go. Yeah, right. dude. Oh. I, I, I saw a tweet earlier today that was like, Michael Block started the Live Golf PGA Tour merger. <laughs> That's electric. <laughs> yeah. uh, big loser, Hideki. Yeah, Oof. 300 mil. 300 mil. Ben on tweeted that he could have bought Spirit Airlines by now. He could have. Yeah. That. Because I mean, he got caught flying Spirit after the memorial. I. I yeah. I'm glad he crumbled. Poor guy. For 
are running. But oh, I know, I know, Poor boy, guy. man. Yeah, four hundred yeah. mil. Like you're gonna see paychecks, but you're not gonna see four hundred mil. No, that's I. I'll, although, in fairness, he is like top five superstar in Japan. Yeah. So he Me probably said. makes he could make that much every year. Just off Look, of man, when you get to a certain point, I think you still want more, no matter where you are. I, I just find really that with the, the way that people talk about money, it's always keeping up with the Joneses, which yeah. is, you know, not necessarily how I would like to live my life, but it's very easy for me to, you know, couch quarterback that type of behavior when, when I don't sure. have millions of dollars. So I think that, and Hideki, just another microcosm of what we talked about with all these players that, you know, he never said much about it. It was kind of like he's going to leave. And then he didn't. Boy, that's tough. Yeah, I got a, I got one more loser, which I'm I'm actually like upset about this. Um, it's the U.S. Open, dude. Um, yeah. Patches, this is going to be like an insufferable week and a half. All of the questions, all of the narrative around it is just PGA Tour live, PGA Tour live. What's going to happen? PGA Tour live. All of the questions and all of the press conferences are going to continue to be about PGA Tour and live. Just like we talked about last week about you're sick of this live talk, right? Guess what? You got more. Um, it might Oops. actually die. You might have got your wish in the long run, but it's all the talk for the foreseeable future. And it's overshadowing stuff like Vic Hovland winning. Um, we got a Stanford graduate. Rosang won in her first pro tour on the LPGA tour. These things Cheater. are like generational stories. She cheated. Cheater. Yeah. Did you see her drop? She was like squatting no. and dropped from knee height. Her knee was like three inches from the ground. Should have been a two stroke penalty and an L, but you know, good for her. It's well, cool to win on your first. Yeah. LP, LPGA store needs a new star. So we'll give it to her anyways. No, there were no cameras on her, probably, because why is no one's watching? So, um, I didn't say that. We'll cut that. No, I read that somewhere. Um, I don't know what was I even saying at this point. I got sidetracked, man. If this is this has been a long, long day. Yeah. The yeah, I, well, I agree, um, these poor players. Norman. Norman's a loser for me. I think oh, he Greg loses. Norman's a loser. Greg Norman's a loser. Yeah. I actually originally Greg. wrote like this morning it like in the winner's section, Norman question mark. Oh my god, no, he's a huge loser. I'm so happy he's a loser. He lost worse today than he did in the in the Masters that he blew that seven shot lead. I think he I think they're close. Right. I, and I, <laughs> I honestly think we don't talk enough about that seven shot lead that he blew to not win the masters. Oh yeah. That would suck. That's like the that worst thing. Suck. That's I kind of wish probably... that like happened. Like that was like Morikawa earlier this year. That was like that, that kind of oh, yeah. blown lead. Century. Yeah. That, I mean, except it was the masters and you're great. So the masters. And, yeah. And no Aussie had ever won the masters. Ooh, shout out Adam Scott. Yep. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. It's anymore. Oi, oi, oi. (laughs) 
Love that. Uh, okay. So I do want to wrap up this conversation. I think we're going to talk a lot more about it. There's been plenty of good so yeah. far, but in, in maybe 90 seconds or two minutes, what do you want to see over the next year? Or let's do this. What do you want 2024 next year to look like? Given where we are right now, you can go. Yeah. I'll chime in. For sure. For sure. For starters, I, I, I don't want to see designated events. I, I don't want to see the, the I, I'm okay with having designated events to a degree. Uh, I don't want to see the no cut stuff. I want that to be completely rid of. I, I would prefer, honestly, they go back to some sort of PGA tour ish schedule that was in the past. I know that that's never going to happen with the increased purses and all. I, I hope that they can get the top guys together a lot, but I also hope that they can continue to keep like these these smaller tournaments around. And I don't want to see things like Honda go. And and I do fear that that is the way that this is going to go, where we could get like a PGA Tour that's just not as many events. And the events that they do have are maybe like PGA Tour slash DP World Tour events or stuff like that. I, I would honestly even be okay with that. Like like make the Honda half DP world tour or something like that and be like, Oh, the top 10 guys get a feeder into the designated event. Like something, something like that, man. Or, or, or like they, they might even a thought that crossed my mind that I would even be okay with is like, you have your, you have a ton of individual events, but then there are other events that you can play for that are like smash GC events, like team events where like you do stuff like that. Like, like the, you know the Honda Classic for well, it's not going to be the Honda Classic, but like some sort of event that's like a match play team event or something. Like they could get creative with this, where they're combining all of these ideas. Because even though the live golf ideas didn't catch on, I think that they could. If you put the top players in any sport, they'll the idea will catch on, and the idea yeah. will be good. The product will be good. No, absolutely, and I I think that. A lot of those things are my ideal future state too. I, I like what you said about the idea of some sort of farm system. I'd like more visual on the corn Ferry tour and tours that are being For brought sure. up, even if they don't have the names, but I'd like those guys to make more of a living. I'd like there be a, to be a more clear path to professional golf. I think that this has the potential if executed properly to open more avenues for people that otherwise wouldn't have been able to play golf as a fan of the sport. Yeah. I I, look, I'm, I'm mixed about what happened today and I'm kind of shocked by it and wasn't expecting it now, maybe at some point in the future, but I am excited for the conversation to shift back to golf and for the tournaments to be more competitive and for the players and the fields to be full and the just it all to stop with this nonsense. Because you heard last week how sick of it I was. This is kind of a necessary evil and an inflection point. Pretty crazy day for the sport. I'm sure we'll be able to talk about this a ton more because we only know two percent of what's going on right now it's going to be fascinating to see what unfolds but i really i agree with you no more no cuts no no drastic responses to the product that live had we can get rid of that product entirely i love that golf has a tournament every week from january to august it makes it so cool that i can tune in 
and the, the intensity varies on a weekly basis. I like that the elevated events bring a second tier behind the majors, but I don't know if there's a need for all of them, especially because it ices guys out of the normal tournaments. For sure. So moving forward, I'd just like to see the product kind of return to what it was and improve up upon, you know, the courses that exists and get rid of the Zurich. Right. Right. We spoke about that. So yeah, it, it's really tough for me to sit here and say what, what's going to happen. I just, I don't, I don't want dramatic change because that's what I was so fearful of at the start. So there's obviously there's so much that we don't know so much that we don't know so much that we continue to don't know. We started talking about stuff that we do know. And now I'm going to close this conversation by saying another thing that we do know. There will be a lot more money in professional golf moving forward and yet again money wins money wins well said jacob and real quick because money does win i'm just gonna tell you real quick where to put your money this week because why not why else would we be here had to do something you thought we were taking a break we're not we're pin seeking. What pin tournament seeker doesn't week? pin seeking doesn't rest? Uh, okay, RBC, RBC Canadian Canadian Open. I am going to run through mine pretty quickly here. Okay, Cam In Young Toronto. is all of my, Cam Young winner. Cam Young long shot. Cam Young. How is he in the field? I'm quitting Cam Young. By the way, we're just working through it. Yeah, see Gary Woodland finishing like 13th last week, speaking of quitting. Oh, God. Whatever. Uh, Don't pick Cam Young, please. I won't pick Cam Young. I have no interest in Cam Young this week, even though I think he's going to win. My my pick to click is going to be Tommy Fleetwood, Fairway Jesus. I think it was an anomaly a couple weeks ago when he missed the cut. Like the way his game's playing, think he's going to do well overseas. Why not eat up a small event like this? Um. Okay. My pick to click is going to be. Um. I really like. I kind of like Fitzy. I think it's just like like if, if the rough does get up, then just like hitting every fairway and being pretty long might actually have an advantage. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, give me 50. Okay. Love it. Long shot. Ooh, I could go some fun places here. Yeah, I mean. I uh, I'm going to give cool. a small shout out to my boy, Carson Young. C. Young, yeah, the I real like C. Young. The only C. Young that hasn't let me down this year. But my long shot's going to be Ben Martin. Ben Martin? Yeah. Is Michael Michael Kim still... Can I consider him a long shot? I don't know if he's long enough. I'll, I'll give yeah, him to you. We're, we're sure. No, no, it's time. okay. It's I'll okay. give you Michael I don't Kim. know. No, let me pick someone else. No, but Michael shout Kim's out, a long shot. Shout out Michael Kim. He could be your dark horse. Okay. I also like Moronk for the dark horse, though. Okay, Moronk and dark horse. I'll give you those two. That's right, totally give, fine. Give me, give me my key. Sorry, your two. My dark horse is Eric Cole. 
Ooh, okay. Yeah, don't let me down this time. Uh, my um, winner is Sam Burns. I kind of like Sam Burns, too. Um, cool. I'm just like, I, I think I'm just going to... Um, like pretend in my mind that this this news is so shocking that it doesn't favor anybody and the top players are going to kind of be distracted. So I'm going to go with someone who may be a little bit less distracted by this and a DP World Tour player, Moronkasaur. Let's winner. go, Adrian. I would love to see him win on U.S. soil. Yeah, that'd be sick. Okay, so by the way, I think both of our DFLs last week either made the cut or barely missed the cut yeah mine made the cut okay mine i I think think, i think mine finished in the top 20 by the way oh yeah sam bennett he did finish in the top 20 it was more of a uh, yeah yeah i get it my uh my dfl this week is brian gay oh that guy's old yeah all right mine is Dude, I think you're wrong. Mine is Sebastian Zermak. Ooh. You passed up Mike Weir and Mike Block. Yeah. No, both of them will do way better than whoever that was. Okay. Also, Sebastian Zermak. Zermak. Yep. Love it. He is over 1,000th in the world. Oh, wait. Actually, I have a different long shot. Can I change my long shot? Yeah, go for it. Michael Thor Bjornsson, Stanford amateur. He won the New Mike- Jersey U.S. Open qualifier and finished top five at the Travelers last year. Michael or two Thunder years ago. Bear. Yep, Thorby. Thunder Bear son. Th- son of Thunder Bear. Dude, that's definitely what it means. So does he just get a little drunk on planes? <laughs> he doesn't piss on anybody. He just pisses on himself. All right, let's get out of here. We have a massive U.S. Open preview coming on Monday, so two long episodes back-to-back. This was supposed to be a shorty, but hopefully you leave a little bit more well-informed on the whole Live PGA Tour saga that we will continue to talk about over the course of this summer. I'm super excited for the U.S. Open still. I know this is going to kind of take a back seat. Once we get into the tournament, but up until then, it is going to be the only thing talked about in the golf world, as it should be. Monumental day. Yeah, a a bit of an emergency pod today. We just kind of needed to get this stuff out there. A lot to be said. There's going to be conspiracy theories flying left and right. Um, But next week's episode will be fun again. We have our competition, our season-long competition. Don't forget that... uh, one of us is going to have to have not a lot of fun for a couple days uh, if things don't not go our way. Looking good for your boy. Yeah, it's uh, it's still up in the air. You don't know, but um, we're we're gonna next week will be next to zero live PGA to our talk. We're gonna focus on the golf, even if the rest of uh, the media isn't. Well, assuming nothing large comes out, in which case we will address it. But yeah, yeah, good to get back to the golf next week. Enjoy the golf this weekend. Maybe our low effort pin seeking will finally yield a winner. I hope so. Um, yeah, Canada, baby. Canada. Canada, eh? Just Eight. in time for the hockey. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.